It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Fair Break is empowering so many women, not just female cricketers, um, but umpires, coaches, physios, media people and commentators. And they're creating social impact in communities all around the world by giving more opportunities to players. Look, I've worked in some very patriarchal and misogynistic work environments over my 40-year career, and it is refreshing and an absolute revelation to find myself at Fairbreak, where women are heard, valued, and celebrated. And I want women like me who may know nothing about cricket to discover what Fairbreak is doing and to learn about what has been achieved in this area of global sport. That was a clip from today's podcast with Karen Motika, the author of Fairbreak the Book. Karen joined me to discuss her first book about the Fairbreak story so far, from its founding in 2013 by Sean Martin to the success of the first invitational tournament in Dubai in May 2022. Hello, Karen. Good evening in Sydney. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Stephen. Um, just to let you know, I'm not in Sydney. I am five hours south of Sydney in a small coastal town called Maruya Heads. Oh, that's put me put me right. And uh, <laughs> hopefully relax you now, because you say you're really nervous because it's your first podcast. But I'm looking forward to talking to you about Fair Break, the book. What was your inspiration for the book? Well, to be perfectly honest, Stephen, there was no inspiration. The story starts in about this time last year. Um, I, I kind of fell into Fair Break by accident, to be perfectly honest. Um, so Sean's executive assistant um, is a friend of mine, and she was really busy preparing for the Dubai tournament. And at the time, I was only working part time because my husband and I had sold our business and I was, you know, a bit of a free agent a couple of days a week. So Elle got me over to her house and I started helping her out with things and in like 
writing letters to major Australian corporations, getting trying to get sponsorship, uh, writing to sports bra brands, asking for donations of for, uh, for their products, um, for the breast trial that they were going to have at the tournament. And then Sean handed over the writing of um, all the player announcements he'd been doing for social media to me. And so encapsulating the biographies for, you know, all these players into 280 characters for Twitter sort of became my superpower. And then he got me writing media releases, you know, for cricket journalists and sports media people around the world, just keeping everyone updated about sponsors and umpires and coaches and broadcasters that were going to be coming on board for the Dubai tournament. So, look, I had never done anything to do. I had never done anything like this before. I'd never written any anything f- in terms of formally. And then in March, I got I was gobsmacked because I received this email from Sean asking me if I'd write a book about fair break. So it was Sean's inspiration, you see. So <laughs> Yeah. So I wasn't sort of, I didn't suddenly get up one morning and go, oh, Sean, we must write a book about Fairbrook. <laughs> um, he emailed me. I was gobsmacked. I was flattered, but I was apprehensive about the whole thing because, um, you know, I didn't feel that I was appropriately qualified to take on such a project um, because I'm not a writer. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a cricketer other than a bit of tennis. I don't really watch sport on TV or read about it in the newspapers. Um, a full disclosure, I hadn't never been to a cricket match. You're married to an Australian. <laughs> I know, but he's a rugby union player, not a cricketer. Anyway, so outside of what I've been doing for fair break for a few weeks, I knew very little about the sport or the women who played it. But Sean didn't care about my lack of qualifications. He wanted the book written by a woman and... Um, by a woman who hadn't been steeped in cricket all her life. And he wanted me to be objective and to make the book accessible to all readers, especially women like me. Ultimately, he was empowering me with a chance to shine. And that's what Sean and Fairbreak are all about, seeing talent and skill in an individual and presenting them with opportunities they may never have got. So um, so they all went off to Dubai uh, for the tournament. I went to the UK to visit my parents. And then I got back in sort of middle of June. And Sean and I met up for coffee. And he gave me a list of um, email addresses of people he wanted me to interview. And he also sent me short voice recordings he'd made on his phone of his memories, um, not only from the early days, but also a bit of a a download of what had happened in Dubai. So I started contacting my interviewees who were in various international locations and arranging Zoom meetings with them. And then Sean and I would meet every fortnight for a coffee and I'd record our chats on my phone. He gave me a USB stick of old correspondence that he and Lisa Stalaka had had with various cricket boards. And we sort of drew up a rough list of potential subject areas, a historical timeline, the people and the organisations who'd supported Fairbreak and the detractors. Well, that kept you busy, didn't it? So that was that was kind of stage one of the story, really. They, they say everyone's got a book in them. Is, is that right then? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, oh, I've been saying for years to, you know, my, my husband and my kids and, my, and my, my family. And I've just said, 
you know, I really, I've, I've got a book in me somewhere and I, I you know, when I get a moment, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And, you know, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, this time last year, if somebody had said to me, oh, by the end of the year, you'll have written a book and published it, I would have just laughed. So was it harder than you thought then? Um, it was at the beginning. Um, look, I, I got to say I was, I was quite daunted by the whole thing, but I went, f- um, I just kind of, you know, I, I was committed, you know? So I had, I was like, well, I've, I've just got to get on with this and I'll, I'll, and I'll just do it the way I do everything else in my life. I'll just make it up as I go along. So, um, the first thing I did was I went full immersion into the subject so I researched everything I could find online about fair break and women's cricket. Every morning while I was walking the dog, um, I'd listen to podcasts I found on Spotify. And um, that because that was a, um, a, I did listen to women's cricket chat a lot, um, which because it was a good way to familiarize myself with many of the female cricketers who have played for fair break and some of the famous retired ones. Because I didn't really know anything about the subject and I just wanted to get my head around some of these women and who they were and their names. And look, I I really enjoyed listening to their accents and learning about their lives and their cricket careers. Do you think it actually Um, helped then not knowing about cricket? So you were starting with a clean 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 sheet of paper. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was a blank canvas completely. (laughs) And, And Stephen, just to give you a bit of, domestic context while all this was going on so my twin sons were studying for their HSC which is the Australian equivalent of A-levels and my husband was unemployed (laughs) and was having a sabbatical skiing in the snowy mountains Um, so I was keeping the wheels on the wagon at home and writing a book which I'd never done before in my life. That that sounds challenging. Nothing about that sounds challenging. Did, how how did you go about, you know, setting times? Did you do certain times of the day and that sort of thing? Um, well, I sort of, you know, I kept a, you know, rough office hours, but sometimes, you know, that would extend because, you know, if I was interviewing people in the UK, um, like I'm speaking to you now, um, I'd be working into the evening to accommodate, you know, time differences. So, you know, I, and I interviewed people in the UK. Hong Kong, India, um, you know, obviously Australia, oh, people all over the place. So, yeah, I just and I and I had quite a, I had quite a tight de- deadline as well. Um, so I thought that the book was going to be launched in April of this year. That was the original plan at the Hong Kong tournament. But then um, in early September, Sean told me that he was shaving two months off my deadline and that we were going to launch the book in Canberra at the end of January. So, yes, that did focus my mind quite a bit. Um, But, look, I got on with it and, um, you know, bashed it out in five months. Interviewing people, though, with Fairbreak, as I've experienced, uh, everyone's enthusiastic, aren't they, to actually interview someone about Fairbreak. I bet you got some great material when you're chatting to people. You must have been Zoomed out as well. Um, look, I, I really enjoyed the whole Zoom experience. I, I went into it not knowing actually how to do a Zoom. It was there outside are lots of people of my like that, I'm sure you. 
<laughs> it was well outside of my skill set. <laughs> I hadn't done anything like that. But, you know, you get into it and um, it was great. And I had some fabulous conversations with people. And, look, I mean, you've read the book, Stephen, so you'll know um, the diverse range of characters who um, appear in the book. So, you know, we've got elite players, coaches, umpires, commentators. We've got a women's cricket historian, a physiotherapist, a breast health professor. We've got two lawyers from the world's largest law firm two integrity and anti-corruption officials tasked with protecting everyone from match fixes in Dubai. Uh, we've got Sean's best mate from school, the women behind Fairbreak's branding, marketing and social media, um, uh, a beautiful South African TV host. Uh, we've got um, a global media rights advisor, the development manager from Cricket Hong Kong, the owner of a multinational pharmaceutical empire. You've got plenty of variety there, haven't you? <laughs> There's just like it was, it was, um, it was fabulous um, meeting all these people on on Zoom. I, I loved it. And the book split, I think, into like three parts. You've got the the first innings, as you call it, the early days, and then you've got the second innings, the first global T20 tournament that's in Dubai. And also, mm-hmm. like at the end, we've got reflections and the future, along with mm-hmm. a lot of photographs. And one thing I noticed with the photographs is that nearly everybody in the photos is smiling. Oh, oh well, how how could they not be smiling? I mean, Fairbreak is such a a joyful organization to be connected to oh no it's wonderful uh, i just i looked at the photos thought everybody's smiling on these photos and, and they are yeah yeah uh look it was um i mean there was hundreds of photos i had to do a you know a, a massive cull of photos because <laughs> we had photos dating from 2003 all the way up to you know well december you know just before christmas when Bangladesh were touring New Zealand so there was and I was constantly being sent photographs by Sean you know who'd get sent photographs by other people so yeah I mean you wanted to know about the different parts of the book um I mean I think there's five sections really um you know you've got the first innings the second innings the photographs follow on and then further reading um, and those five sections evolved organically, I suppose, because in September, Sean wanted to have a look at what I'd done so far. I'd been emailing him stuff here and there, and I had all these Word documents on my laptop, and I was I was struggling to see the wood for the trees in terms of how the book would be structured. So I printed everything out, and I laid it all out on the floor, and at that stage, the manuscript fell roughly into two main sections everything that had happened before Dubai and everything that happened in Dubai. So the historical timeline and the interviews with people who were part of the journey up to Dubai went into one pile and the perspectives of the characters who were in Dubai went into the second pile. And then Sean and I decided only a couple of weeks before we published that we'd call those the first and the second innings. 
So back in September, I hadn't, when I was doing this kind of two pile situation, um, I hadn't interviewed Jeff Lawson because he'd been away in Europe um, on the tour, nor had I interviewed Alex Blackwell or, or Sanamia. And those three are key people in the fair break management team. And I felt that they deserved to be in their own section, along with some comment about the future. And then in November, because Sean had been away in the USA and he wanted to reveal his hopes and aspirations for a USA tournament and a multi-nation fair break team in the WBBL, I felt that the logical place to put the perspectives of the USA-based coach, Julie Abbott, and the thank you letter from Poppy McGowan was in the follow-on section with all of that. So that's why there's really kind of five sections. And in terms of the photos, the photos, when I first sort of structured the book, they were right at the end. And I gave the man an early manuscript to a friend of mine to have a look through. And she's very visual. And she and she helped me actually with um, some of the photos. And she said, I think you need to move the photos up the book a bit just to kind of reward the reader, you know, for engaging with everything rather than sticking them down the back. So that's why they've been brought up into a sort of a section after Dubai, but before follow on. So that's why um, the photos are there. Can we just talk about some of the the points that in, in the book that I mentioned earlier uh, before we came on air in the first innings, I was interested in, and it came over the really the determination of Sean and the and the struggles he had early on when the fair break sort of movement began really in about two thousand and thirteen. Okay, um, so um, well, I mean, as you you can tell, I mean, I, I it was it was. When I first started writing this and we started discussing it, he was, Sean was quite adamant. He was sort of, I don't want this book to be about me. And um, I don't want people to think it's some sort of, you know, it's a book, you know, it's a book that, you know, discusses, you know, my journey. And I said, well, no, I get that. But we need to have a discussion about you as a person and what has shaped you. You know, so I want to know about your education. I want to know about your home life, your parents. You know, what drove you as a as a young man to get into to to um to recognize injustice and inequality? And um, you know, what shaped you at school that brought that has brought you to this place? So that's why we've got a prologue that discusses um, Sean's background and what it, what he you know, what it was like at school and, and um, his, you know, all the female, ro- you know, the strong female role models in his life. Um, so I felt that was really important. Um, and I wanted to, yeah, I wanted um, his level of resilience um, and his recognition of injustice and uh, to come through. So I hope I've achieved that. I think you have, because I think in the early days, he did have quite a lot of knockbacks and it's not until... 2018 May 2018 when the Fairbreak 11 played their first match at that fantastic Worm- ground at Wormsley Wormsley mm. that he started to get a bit of traction yeah 
But then moving to the second innings, the one of the stories that really caught my imagination was the watch for Winnie, uh, Winnie Durasingham, the Malaysian player who took three wickets in one of the matches at the Dubai Invitational. Mm-hmm. And she was the player of the match. And what was written by you through Katie Martin, the uh, New Zealand international cricketer who actually retired after Fairbreak. That was a wonderful story. It is a wonderful story, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, so, and it, and it, it drove, well, it didn't drive actually. That's, 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 that's wrong because the, the, the picture of Winnie that's on the front of the cover that's on the book cover I chose that photograph not knowing that story, okay? So I had flicked through a selection of photos that had been taken in Dubai and I spotted that picture of of Winnie and I cropped it out of a larger team photograph of when she got that player of the match. And I was just captivated by the joyfulness of it. And I felt that she was the perfect poster girl for everything that Fairbreak is doing to showcase the unseen talent of female cricketers from associate nations. And frankly, how often do we see a photograph of a young Asian woman on the cover of a book about sport? So, yeah, the story behind that photograph is discussed in the New Zealand wicketkeeper Katie Martin's interview in the second inning section of the book. And it's it's just it, it just fills me with joy when I, I when I read that that story. Katie and Winnie were both on the Tornadoes team. And in this one particular match, Winnie got three wickets. She got player of the match. And all everyone on the Tornadoes team was chanting, watch for Winnie, watch for Winnie. And Katie was on the sideline with her when Sean announced, um, okay, you got player of the match, Winnie. And she got and she won an Apple Watch and she was so chuffed and Apart from winning the watch, it was the encouragement that she had got from the whole team. Um, and moments like that, fair break moments like that are just really special. Um, and that's why Winnie's on the book cover for me. I just, I loved that story so much. And that's what fair break's all about. And the t- tornadoes went on to win. They went uh, the on Dubai to win the tournament, yes. That's right. Moving on then, of course, you mentioned uh, Jeff Lawson, the former Australian test star of the 1980s. Uh, and I loved his reflections when he commented on the fact that the women players in Fairbreak, there's no complaining. They they had a time when they were a bus was late and it didn't seem to trouble them at all and they just, just got on with it. And there's so much appreciation for playing the game of cricket together a fantastic atmosphere. They just just want to play and enjoy cricket. That's right, Stephen. Yes, um, I um, I loved what uh, Jeff had to say about the 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 tour to England, Scotland, and the Netherlands, and the camaraderie, and just it just sounds like a, a school trip, <laughs> a fantastic school trip. And I was like, I would love to have been on that school trip. <laughs> It just sounds so great. The girls singing on the bus and everyone just, you know, just um, getting on together. And 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 everyone has such a, a simple and 
non-diva-like um, uh, attitude to have to to being picked for a Fair Break Eleven tour and to be representing um, Fair Break. And I, I just it, it filled me with joy to to read about these women um, and and how they um, how they represented Fair Break uh, in in the UK in uh, last summer. So many different nationalities that you're dealing with as well, and and one of those was or is Poppy McGowan, the French national player. Now, yes, anyone reading the book, there's I think about four a four page, I think it was an email she sent as a thank you for being part of the England, Scotland and uh, the Netherlands tour. She was the first French player to play for Fairbreak. And that email really captures what Fairbreak means to the players and what it's all about. It does, yeah. Poppy has, well, she's pretty much encapsulated what it is like for a young a young woman from an associate nation um, to be just plucked out of their country and given just an amazing opportunity to not only represent their country but to to be an ambassador for Fairbreak and to and to learn and to share with other uh, other female uh, up and coming uh, female cricketers um, and to yeah to to, to play, just to play cricket and and to have a wonderful time. Yeah, that email really captured the uh, the words you got on the the cover of the book: inclusion, opportunity, which is the one I always think, diversity, yeah. equality, and movement. That four page email from her really mm-hmm. captured all those words. It did. It did. I mean, she says here it gave me so much inspiration, motivation, and ideas about how to get better myself, how to train harder but also how to bring more cricket or different cricket back to France. You know, and nobody is, nobody associates France with cricket, um, but, you know, it is, it's happening. And, um, you know, and there's a, you know, there's a small cohort of, of, of women playing cricket over there. And, you know, Poppy is going to be, you know, the, the ambassador for Fairbreak and, um, for, and for women's cricket in France. Well, there's no other cricket tournament where you get, well, Fairbreak Invitational. I think there's 35, 36 countries involved in one event. No, outside of an Olympic Games, it just doesn't happen. Turning mm-hmm. to your book launch on the 4th of February, which you've said earlier you, you hoped was going to be sometime in April, but you it was staged at the Bradman Room at, at the Manuka Oval. What a... A fantastic venue to be holding the book launch. Yes, yeah, the book launch in Canberra was a fabulous day. Look, I I have to admit I was quite nervous about the whole thing, which is why um, I don't know if you saw it on social media, but I I organised a soft launch a week before on my friend's farm down here on the coast. Um, and it was a great way to get a feel for what it would be like to sit with Sean on a podium in front of an audience, uh, in front of an audience, and explain what Fairbreak is all about and how we wrote the book. And lots of my friends in my local community who couldn't make the Canberra launch um, attended, and it was a great way to include them and to raise the profile of Fairbreak locally because Sean and I live about twenty miles apart, 
and having a bit of a dress rehearsal. But the Canberra launch was, yeah, it was fabulous, you know, completely different feel and crowd. Um, it started at 10 a.m. on the 4th of February in, yeah, in the Bradman Room, at, and it's Monica. Uh, so Monica is a very exclusive suburb in Canberra and it has a very historic cricket oval. And there was an amazingly diverse group of people there. Um, we had Jennifer Westercott, who's the chair of the Australian Business Council, who is our patron. She's really passionate about women's cricket and she'd been in Dubai. Obviously, we had the girls um, in the multi-nation Fairbreak 11 squad and the cricket ACT Meteors team who played a T20 match after the book launch. So they were all in the room. Then we had Senator Katie Gallagher, who's the Minister for Finance and Women in the Australian Parliament. And she bought a book for Anthony Albanese, our Prime Minister. So that was a kind of quite a special moment. Uh, we had high commissioners there from Vanuatu, Malaysia and Papua New Guinea. Uh, we had the Australian ambassador to Mongolia, um, the public diplomacy advisor to the High Commission of New Zealand. Uh, lots of my friends came up from the coast and from Sydney. Jeff Lawson and his wife were there. Um, we had um, Mr. Venkatesh, Jamie Fuller, Rena Hoare, Kim Livesley and Deirdre McGee, who are all interviewed in the book. They were in the room. We had Georgie Redmayne um, from the Australian women's team came to catch up with some of the players that she'd played with in Dubai. Uh, we had Holly Furling, who, as the MC, she plays for the Perth Scorchers and she's a Channel 7 commentator here. So it was really brilliant. And and um, my husband and two of my sons were there as well. Um, so it was a it was a very life affirming significant day for me, I, I have to say. So did the trial run make you less nervous on, on the day on the fourth of February? It did, yeah. Even though it was a very different, you know, it was a very different crowd. Um very different kind of venue um it it just yeah it kind of eased me in gently to the whole thing um and just it took the edge off slightly (laughs) but I still was kind of I was still was nervous but you know once I was up on the podium I was okay you know I settled into it and um and um it was lovely and it was it was great to um to have such a uh uh an amazingly articulate um MC like Holly Furling you know who knows her subject she's a you know and she's a you know very talented female cricketer here in Australia um so you know asked some really great questions so and then so Jennifer Westercott our patron spoke I spoke Sean spoke um I did a read a couple of passages from the book um from the Alex Blackwell interview um so yeah it it went really really well i was very happy and holly holly had played against uh, the fairbreak 11 in the canberra games tour she did yeah so she plays not only for the perth scorchers but she also plays for the um the uh the cricket act meteors and have you got some more occasions like this coming up before you before you go off to hong kong or are you going to hong kong I'm not 100% sure whether I'm going to Hong Kong at this point. I'm still waiting for uh, to um, for confirmation on that. Um, 
Sean and I did have a conversation before Christmas. Um, he he's you know you know Sean always thinks big. He's always like on to the next project, and um, he was saying that he would like a a coffee table book. Okay. So we're, he's already talking about book two. Oh, I do you know. It's one of my and... next questions. Is there another book? And you've already asked, <laughs> you've like, answered the question already. So I'm like, are you serious? Yes, like, yeah, yeah. this book one yet. And um, so he was saying that, so what he'd really like is a, uh, a book of um, beautiful photographs and interviews with some of the players, like to get their backstories to you know, to just tell the world about what these women's journeys have been to get to where they are in terms of, um, you know, being able to balance professional cricket playing, playing professional cricket and generally what is a, you know, a very serious proper job. And we have some amazing women who, you know, who are, engineers and lawyers and doctors and geneticists and statisticians and physios and just there's they are so these women are so multidisciplined so amazingly talented and they um uh yeah they're juggling two you know very serious careers and, yeah, I think we um, shouldn't forget this. Uh, it comes through in the book as well. And, and and some of the people I've spoken to for other podcasts, people are taking time off work, holidays, juggling so many different things. And then they're playing yeah. international sport against, you know, international, you know, major cricketing players. Yes. Yeah, they are. So, and it's been like that for, you know, for many years. I mean, look, we're, I mean, the likes of you know the Australian um, cricket team. I mean, you know, they're really lucky now. They're on you know great contracts, and so the pressure is off them financially now. But you know, but we still got you know dozens and dozens and dozens of elite cricketer, female cricketers all over the world who are juggling the two, and maybe raising a family as well. I mean, take Papua New Guinea for example. There's seven women on the Papua New Guinean uh, national team who have children, who are mothers, and have to juggle being a parent as well as, you know, playing professional cricket for their country and possibly having a job on the side as well. And there's no better person than Karen Motika to write the second book because you you said earlier in this podcast that um, you did all that research about the players for the book. Well, no. Yeah. When you, well, when you it did... wasn't for the book. So when in the run-up to the Dubai tournament, there was 90 women who needed to be announced to be given a sort of a shout-out on social media in the, in the run-up to the tournament. And Sean had been doing it, but there were so many that had to be done. And he was so um, snowed under with, you know, all the everything that had to be done because, you know, when they were moving the... Uh, um, making all the arrangements to move the, the tournament from Hong Kong to Dubai. So he said, look, can you start writing some, doing some of this in social media? So, you know, when you've got to give a, an elite female cricketer a shout out on social media and you want to sort of encapsulate their biography, 
into a sort of short, punchy little paragraph of 280 characters for Twitter, you know, you've got to be really succinct and, you know, but you also want to just get every bit of information in there. So you want to tell the audience, well, you know, you know, that she's a left-hander or she's a spin bowler or she's this or she's a doctor on the side or she's, you know, you want to get her story just in that little paragraph. So whilst I haven't researched these women in um, in depth yet, I, I, I do look forward to the opportunity of maybe producing something like this, producing a book um, that, um, that dives into their backstories because I'm, I'm not sure that that's been done yet. I mean, you know, maybe... Um, you know, for the really kind of high profile cricketers, you know, people know about them. But, you know, I'm interested in the the less known women out there, you know, um, who play for Bhutan or Nepal or Rwanda. I want to hear about what what's brought them to where they've you know, what 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 their what's what's their journey been about? You know, what hardships, what struggles, what roadblocks um, have they encountered getting to where they to where they are and I and there are women like me who will just love that kind of story well I think there's lot, lots of material there plenty for you to get on with again you'll have to tie um Sean down to the the deadline know what you'll you'll know next time if he gives you a deadline of a certain time that you'll have to get beat the deadline because he'll probably change it but how have reviews <laughs> been for the first one how have reviews huh? been for the first book um, very, uh, very good. Everyone that we've given the book to so far has loved it. Uh, very positive feedback. So, you know, Georgia Heath, Isabel Duncan, uh, Mariko, Yasmin Daswani. Um, I gave the book to Adam Collins, the commentator, um, to read. He, he, he messaged me there a while, uh, two couple of weeks ago and said he was flying to India and could he read it on the plane? Um, I haven't heard back from him yet. Um, we had a great review from uh, Jay uh, Dansinghani, who writes for the South China Morning Post. John Blondon, who's the former chair of the of Australian Business Publishers, and he's written lots of sports books and magazines. Um, he thought it was excellent. Sean has handed it out to various cricket journalists um, that he knows. Um, everyone's been really happy with it. Jeff loves it. Alex Blackwell, Sana. Um, it's look, you know, we're because we've self-published, we don't have the, um, you know, the heft of a publishing house behind us in terms of advertising and promotion. Um, so, and we're still quite early on in global distribution journey. Um, it's going to be for sale in the merchandise tent in Hong Kong. So I've arranged for a whole stack of them to be printed and sent to Hong Kong. So they'll be set up for sale in Hong Kong and they'll be heavily promoted at the at the Hong Kong tournament. Um, so I think that's probably where, you know, the rest of the world will start to pick up on it. Because, you know, it'll be the Hong Kong tournament will be broadcast to 140 countries and it'll be talked about and discussed, you know, during the commentary. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting journey. And, I, you know, and I um, 
I've got a lot to learn yet about, you know, I want to spend a bit of time, you know, uh, promoting the book in terms of um, reaching more, um, you know, in terms of schools and libraries and getting it out there. And But, you know, it's for sale on Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes and Noble, you know, all the, the usual kind of online publishing uh, retail publishers. Um, and you can buy it in print form or you can buy it, you know, for Kindle. So, Karen, what does fair break mean to you? Well, I told Sean and the audience at my uh, soft launch at Mogadora Farm that writing the fair break book was the first time in 40 years of working that I felt fulfilled in my job. And I welled up with tears saying that out loud. And I know Sean was moved by me sharing that. Fairbreak is a very special organization to work with. I deeply respect Sean and I'm so proud to be working with him and a group of people whose ethos and mission is so rock solid. Fairbreak is empowering so many women, not just female cricketers, um, but umpires, coaches, physios, media people, and commentators. And they're creating social impact in communities all around the world by giving more opportunities to players. Look, I've worked in some very patriarchal and misogynistic work environments over my 40-year career, and it is refreshing and an absolute revelation to find myself at Fairbreak, where women are heard, valued, and celebrated And I want women like me who may know nothing about cricket to discover what Fairbreak is doing and to learn about what has been achieved in this area of global sport. Fairbreak is setting the bar high. And I want audiences around the world to hear about an organization that can deliver a cricket tournament in an ethical, inclusive and sustainable format. You must be, in conclusion, you must be very proud of of what you've produced um I, I am proud um I'm I'm still not quite you know I still can't <laughs> quite get my head around it some days that it's happened so but it's been it's been an incredible privilege to be part of such a project and I I feel incredibly um honored that Sean chose me to do it you know to to give this opportunity to you know just an ordinary working mum who knew nothing about cricket um and that he had that faith in me so yeah I I I feel very honoured that um he had that faith well thank you very much uh, Karen for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion it's it's always a pleasure to speak to people involved with the fair break movement uh best of luck with book sales hope you do get chance to get to hong kong uh, the tournament starts on the 3rd of april with the final being on the 16th of april and you've also got the american tour now so you could be popping over to is that texas supposedly uh yeah houston texas yes um but um i don't think of that is set in stone i think there are there are other states that are being considered well thank you again for joining me thank you Stephen. thank you thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at the pad and pad 
Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.